0: Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by Symbol. Guys, we have a brand new sponsor that you guys are going to love. Symbol is the stock market for sports that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. On Symbol, you can trade sports teams like stocks, and every time your teams win, you can earn cash. Use your sports knowledge on Symbol to buy low, sell high, and earn cash payouts when your teams win. Join the nearly 7,000-plus early adopters who have started to invest in their favorite teams. Visit www.simbull.com to create a free account. And when you deposit, make sure you use the promo code SD, as in sports drink, to make your deposit risk-free. Again, that's www.simbull.com and use the promo code SD and your deposit will be risk-free. That means even if you lose money, Symbol will refund your initial deposit, no questions asked. Join Symbol and start investing and profiting from your favorite teams. <coughs> this episode is also brought to you by the Spotify Green Room. Guys, the Spotify Green Room is a live audio only sports talk platform. Talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. Get in on the conversation that you listen to here every single day and have a chance to be featured on your favorite podcast like this one. Download the Spotify Green Room app free in the iOS App Store. Create a profile, link your Twitter, and join my group. Follow me at Larry D E E. It's uh, I don't know why they didn't let me use D period, but they didn't. So follow me at Larry D E E to be notified when my room goes live every Wednesday, seven o'clock Central, eight o'clock Eastern, and join me when we go live every Wednesday night at Club Thirty Four Seven. What's up, guys? Here to uh, do the final deep dive, preview get you ready for Bears Ravens on Sunday? We got keys to the game, we got news and notes, we got injury reports and everything in between. And um, you know, um, uh, as we talked to our guest yesterday, uh, Kevin Ostriker from Locked On Ravens, um, you know, it's it's not really. I'm kind of dreading this matchup uh, on Sunday not because i think the ravens are so great or they're so superior i mean their record would speak to that we're opposites of the ravens they're 6 and 3 we're 3 and 6 so even though as you you know heard in the discussion with with kevin they've had some uneven not even well they've had uneven performances but they found a way to win more times than not whereas the bears seem to discover new ways to lose uh football games rather you know whether it be by you know, hurting themselves, or uh, you know, getting referees to do it for us, and uh, and things like that. So, any anything from self-inflicted self-inflicted wounds to shooting ourselves in the foot to the referees driving the dagger in, and and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, we lead the league in in those uh, kind of moments, but uh, the Ravens, on the other hand, have been finding ways to win the games, doing the exact opposite uh, of the Bears. It's just that we know that Matt Nagy's reputation for getting his teams ready coming off of the bye, whether they be the abbreviated bye coming off a Thursday game or the good old-fashioned bye week where, you know, it's two weeks between games and such is a great big goose egg. We haven't won yet under, under Nagy. So hopefully our Bears can build on the uh, good tidings from Monday uh, I, like I said, I would have, even though it was really a, a good time for the Bears to go on a bye, the timing of it wasn't great because we'd finally had a really great performance uh, from Justin Fields, one of those transcendent ones. I mean, he, you know, he wasn't all world or anything, but really one of the ones where it just really seemed to, to click and he was the one in control of the football game. And we wanted to, I wanted to, for that momentum to carry right into uh, the following Sunday. To hell with having to wait two weeks to see what happens next kind of thing. Especially given Nagy's reputation for bi-week performances or lack thereof, uh, I should say. But, um, you know, nonetheless, we've gone through the break. We're here for the deep dive preview to get ready for Bears-Ravens. So let's get to it. This is the Week 11 Deep Dive Preview episode of the Bears Talk Underground. Bears-Ravens, let's get to it. Hang up the I hear the dial tone. out loud Week number 11, our beloved coming off of the bye, returning home on this home-away, home-away schedule uh, of ours, uh, returning to Soldier Field last performance not great uh, against the uh, 49ers and um hoping to bounce back snap a four game losing streak and uh get the second half of 2021 off on the right foot where you know it's it's not a it's not an easy schedule by any stretch but it's a familiar one we've got a rematch with the lions a rematch with the packers two matchups with the uh, both games with the Vikings, we got the Giants, who we've played a couple years uh, in a row now, uh, and then we also have um, the Cardinals and the Seahawks to fin- to wrap up the AFC. Or, excuse me, NFC uh, West. And um, you know the Cardinals are playing really good football right now. The Seahawks, not so much. So and uh, so, but a lot of the schedule that's left is winnable. It's just going to be up to the Bears to perform uh, to the standard and get the job done. Um, granted, this is not going to be the easiest test. The Ravens are a good football team, uh, despite what uh, you know. We talked about with Kevin striker from uh, Locked On Ravens uh, yesterday, where you know, yeah, they're six and three. Uh, they've skated by right on the hair, of their chinny chin chin a couple of times, like the the sixty six yarder NFL record field goal they needed to uh, to beat the Lions uh, back in Week Three uh, and everything, or you know decimating a team one week, then getting decimated the week after uh, and things like that. They're six and three now, right now, they're right in the thick of the playoff hunt uh, in the AFC. And um, then they themselves have quite a treacherous road ahead. As we talked about with Kevin as well yesterday uh, in, you know, reference to the schedule that the Ravens have left after they play the bears this Sunday. It's uh, I think five of their six division games, are remaining, and the Packers and Rams uh, are the NFC teams that they have to face uh, in the remainder of the schedule. So it doesn't get any easier uh, for the Ravens. They need this win if for, for no other reason than to, uh, you know, maybe afford to take a loss against uh, maybe the Packers or the, or the Rams uh, somewhere down the road, you know, an NFC loss that won't affect them because they're going to need to win all these division games if they want to stay in the thick of things in the AFC. So, you know, they can't afford to, you know, lose another game. Uh, they had an embarrassing loss, uh, you know, last Thursday to the uh, Miami Dolphins, and I'd be interested to see if the Bears follow the blueprint that the Dolphins had by basically blitzing Lamar Jackson insane uh, in that one and making him ineffective and selling out too. the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Uh, that's something we'll talk about in Keys uh, to the Game. But um, let's go ahead and get started with uh, news and notes. And, and as we're diving in, what I really like to talk about is the series between these two teams and how uh, crazy it can be. The just, I mean, let's just talk about the last two games, 2013, 2017, they're really like time capsules for the teams and and uh, before the for the franchise and where they've been. 2013, year one uh, of Mark Trestman. 2017, the third and final year for John Fox. I mean, that's just crazy how they bookend each other uh, like that. But you know, it's uh, week third or 2013. It was a, I think, week 11, week 12 matchup for the two teams, and uh, they're in Soldier Field. We got about, uh, I don't know, four and a half minutes, uh, no, about 10 minutes into the first quarter, and all of a sudden play is suspended because of a rainstorm uh, in the Chicago and a lightning storm and all that kind of stuff. So fans have to get out, get into the concourse. Players have to hit the showers. We're well, not hit the showers, but hit the locker room. There was a two hour delay going on during that football game. It was a 12 noon start uh, for the game. And I think it finally wrapped up somewhere around 5.30 30 uh, or so, maybe even later uh, than that once the delay was over, because they still had. Three and a half quarters left to play when they when the delay was over. Like I said, it, the delay was in the first quarter. With uh, I'm looking at the article right now, four minutes, thirty two seconds to go in the first quarter. Fans were were ordered to take cover and players were headed to the locker room. So, you know, we had one third of the third or the first quarter still to go, and then three entire quarters after that. I don't remember how we handled halftime. I don't know if we. Um, just treated it like it a regular um, quarter intermission where we just have a, a little bit of a longer commercial break before we resume play. Uh, I don't remember that part. Um, I've seen that happen before in other games that have had long you know weather delays and things like that. Uh, you know, if it happens before halftime, then they'll just count the delay as the halftime period and go from the second to the third quarter like you would from going from the first to the second or the third to the fourth. Uh, kind of thing. So that part I don't remember. I don't know if we had a legitimate halftime uh, period um, or if it just was treated like a regular intermission uh, between quarters. But uh, it was a. It, but the it was kind of like a tale of two football games because before the rain delay, the Ravens were really letting us have it. They were up, I think, like ten nothing uh, going to, into the delay. There really wasn't anything that the Bears uh, could do. It Was like looking at the scoring recap yeah justin tucker's field goal was like the last thing that happened before the uh rain delay and his field goal put the bears up 10 or excuse me the ravens up 10 nothing and then once we came back from from the delay that's where things started to to change kind of flipped into you know the bears made good use of the time making adjustments and doing uh what they had to do uh they started moving the football this was um Josh McCown uh, was our starting quarterback because of the groin injury that sidelined Jay Cutler for about five, six games uh, during that season. We got a field goal from Robbie Gold. Then I remember the interception, the pick six by David Bass. You guys remember that name? Uh, Back when we were still playing a 4-3, he was a defensive end for us literally just took the ball right out of the air Uh, Flacco tried to throw one past him he just stabbed it right out of the air ran it in untouched for a touchdown and just like that the Bears are up or excuse me it's 10-10 and uh, before the oh yeah look at that this yeah the even the 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 game cast uh, the graphic on ESPN just shows it goes from second quarter to fourth so I guess there was though there was no scoring in the third that's why but um, yeah, so I mean the the was 14, 17 to thirteen Ravens going into the fourth quarter. Then um, the it's it's the highlight that I've been seeing on Twitter all day. There was a screen pass to Matt Forte uh, in the fourth quarter. He uh, you know it was it was it's funny to see it now because it was a really well run screenplay and that's just not something you see from the Bears, uh, have seen from the Bears in recent uh, years. You just don't, do, do not see a well-executed uh, screen pass uh, being run by the Bears. And on this time, this time we actually nailed it. And uh, two things I loved about it, number one, the effort from Matt Forte to find his way into the end zone. And then the second thing that I liked was Kyle Long, who was a rookie back in 2013, The one thing that I loved about him, especially in his rookie years that whenever the bears managed to score a touchdown, some way, somehow our right guard was always the first guy in the end zone to celebrate. I don't know how he pulled it off, but he always was like the first guy in the end zone to celebrate whenever we scored and Matt Forte crosses the goal line (laughs) <laughs> then all of a sudden you see Kyle long jump into frame, like literally flies into frame and does like a little dance in the end. zone, like a twist or something like that. It's an image that's burned into my head forever. Cause I remember, and I've also seen it half a dozen times on Twitter uh, today. So, and the bears took it to overtime or got it to overtime. However, I think it was, well, it was the Ravens that forced overtime uh, 2020, and then Robbie Gold, pretty early on in the period, kicks one from 38 yards out to give the Bears the win 23 to uh 20. It made the Bears six and four, dropped the Ravens to four and six, and uh we all know how 2013 finished out. <coughs> Chris Connie. Um, so you know, that was a disaster. And then 2017, the matchup in Baltimore this time, no two hour rain delay but just as weird a football game uh first of all it was a a game that featured a rookie quarterback in in Mitch Trubisky who threw a grand total of 16 passes in that game um and Jordan Howard who I think was in year two uh in 2017 167 yards rushing and I think he got about two-thirds of that in the second half maybe even more so in the fourth quarter um and, and there was just some strange things happening uh, in this game. Uh, Adrian Amos ran back a, an interception, 90 yards, for a touchdown uh, after what looked like, I, I think it was, I don't know if it was that play or if it was a one that came later, one that I, I think would almost certainly be called a unnecessary roughness, like defenseless receiver uh, hit uh, today that jarred the ball loose and Adrian Amos picks it up and they run it in. Uh, for a touchdown. And the Bears were up like 24 or Actually, at one point, let me, I want, because I want to get this right. Because at one point, okay, in the third quarter, the Bears, uh, Mitch Trubisky throws a touchdown to Deion Sims of all people in the world. I think that might actually be the only touchdown Deion Sims ever scored in a Bear uniform. Puts the Bears up 17 to three. The ensuing kickoff, the kick returner, gets the ball, he comes running, he falls down, and what looks like, you know, and everyone kind of stops because he kind of ran into traffic and fell down. But he gets up, keeps running, the referees let it go, goes down as a touchdown, they review it and somehow don't see anybody touching him. So the touchdown stands where probably two-thirds of the people on the field... Ravens included thought the play was over when the when the when the returner hit the ground because he it like it's like he fell or he tripped over somebody's leg I think it turned out like it was tripped he tripped over his own player or something like that and somehow he had the presence of mind to know that got up and ran it in uh, for a touchdown because it was two two special teams touchdowns that ultimately did the Bears in they had a twenty four to thirteen uh, lead with like five minutes to go. Uh, in the fourth quarter. The Ravens kick a field goal, make it a one-score game. The Bears can't do anything on the ensuing drive, punt the ball away, and this guy runs it back for a 77-yard punt return, touchdown. The Ravens go for two and get it to send this thing to overtime. So both times, 2013, 2017, the Bears had the lead late in the game, and they blew it, only to come back in the overtime period and win the game. And... This was actually the game where I became convinced that Mitch Trubisky was going in the right direction, that he was going to be our quarterback of the future uh, and all that kind of stuff, because he made a brilliant throw in the overtime period. It was a third down play. Uh, He looks like he's running towards the pocket. You see him stop, and and if I remember correctly, he kind of like jumps up and throws the ball to Kendall Wright. Remember for the nine seconds we had Kendall Wright? on the team makes the catch gets the first down gets the bears in the field goal territory they kick the uh the field goal uh the other thing i remember about it is that this was the game that uh the bears ran the trick play that gave that allowed tariq cohen to throw a touchdown pass uh to uh zach miller uh in the in early on in the football game so just the last two matchups between these two teams have been insane. And if any, and if that is any indication as to what we're in for on Sunday, it should be fun. You know, I don't think the Bears are going to win, but it should at least be entertaining. Uh, the other thing is, though, I don't think we should have won either of those games, but uh, we did. So thank God for small favors, I guess. But just wanted to give a quick recap because – The last two team, the last two games between these teams have been so crazy. And, uh, I, I I have no doubt that Sunday's matchup will be any different, you know, but let's move on to some, some actual, uh, news, uh, starting off earlier this week, we heard Tevin Jenkins, uh, returns to practice who you say, Oh, just our second round pick that hasn't done anything because he, uh, Uh, had back problems in college and either aggravated or re-injured or got a brand-new back injury in training camp, had to have surgery on it, and was most likely looking at possibly being done for the season. I mean, when they told us that he'd be back in November, it felt like, well, if it's November, just shut him down and put him on IR, get him ready for 2022, but not really noticing that, oh, yeah, we're going into basically mid-January with the season this year he could possibly play an entire half of the season so uh, no word on if he's going to be activated uh, to the 53-man roster uh, just yet Juan Castillo our offensive line coach has said that he will be getting reps at right and left tackle and it, it, it opens some some interesting questions as to if we put Tevin Jenkins in the lineup how does that work you know, um, who's the odd man out? And because, you know, I think Cody Whitehair and James Daniels, while they haven't been world beaters on the inside, have been very good. They're the only, you know, they're the offensive. Well, I mean, our interior has been healthy and played in all uh, nine games so far. Mustafa Daniels, and uh, Whitehair. It's our tackles that have made things interesting uh, for us but uh you know Jason Peters uh, regardless of his age and uh, and everything has has been you know I think better than any of us anticipated he would be and knock on wood he's uh he's healthy at a point in the season where I didn't think we'd be able to to count on him and uh you know Larry Borum since uh some coming off of injured reserve a couple of weeks ago himself uh has been quite the revelation uh, at right tackle. I mean, he faced guys like Nick Bosa and TJ Watt in his first two starts in the NFL and held up pretty damn well. So, I mean, yeah, so he's done well. Um, I mean, it's like I've seen, you know, people throwing configurations out there, reminding us that Jason Peters did play a little bit of guard for the Eagles last year, even though that did not go well. That's possibly something that we could do is move Peters into guard and then move Whitehair um, into the center spot to take out the what many people think is the weak link, and that's Sam Mustafer. So we put Jenkins in at left tackle, Larry Boreham's on the right, or hell, maybe put Larry Borum at left, put Tevin Jenkins at right, and you know slide Jason Peters onto the inside, and uh, you know slide Cody Whitehair into the middle uh, at center. Well, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it, uh, I guess. Uh, I think at the very least, when Tevin Jenkins comes back, he can play the Alex Barr's spot and, uh, you know, be that swing tackle, that extra lineman when we like to go heavy, uh, do the unbalanced line thing and and, and what have you to to get him out there. Uh, We'll see. But uh, it does pose some interesting questions. Uh, I think it, you know, pretty much locks up things for, 2022. Jason Peters is, is not going to come back. He'll probably go back to being uh, retired. And I would think that maybe in the draft or in free agency, the Bears are going to look for a uh, upgrade uh, at center. Because I think that uh, with Jenkins and Borum, we've got our tackles. So at the very least, we should be looking at depth uh, for those guys. Uh, you know, a good solid uh, swing tackle and everything, and uh, you know, looking to upgrade the center. Uh, position for for mustafar who's i think i would be generous in saying his performances have been uneven uh this year so it's uh it's it poses an interesting question uh we're not quite there yet or at least i don't know everyone who's been who's been uh designated to return has pretty much played that week david montgomery larry Borum, so far so we'll see how it goes um uh Dion bush has also returned to practice so maybe we get him back as well. That would be nice. But um, uh, speaking of the future, our quarterback, Justin Fields, uh, read an article today. Uh, I don't remember where it was, but um, basically it was one of those articles where they were already redoing the draft. And if we could go back to uh, Cleveland and redo the draft, uh, it's almost unanimous that Justin Fields would be going to the Jets at number two. And not falling to the Bears uh, at 11. So, you know, it's like even with Mac Jones doing as well as he's doing for New England, Trevor Trevor Lawrence would still be number one going to Jacksonville, and Justin Fields would have been number two, which is basically where he was slotted to go at the beginning of the offseason. But for some reason, he fell, and uh, lucky us, he did, fell to 11, and uh, we got our hands on him and he's ours now so no (laughs) redos it went the way it was supposed to we got our guy but uh, I thought it was interesting that we're not even you know we're 10 weeks into the season week 11 kicked off tonight with the Patriots and uh, Falcons on Thursday night football and uh, you know they're already talking about redoing the draft and Justin Fields even though his win-loss record as the Bears starting quarterback isn't great. The uh, arrow is definitely pointing up on him, which is making a lot of people, you know, reassess. What uh, what did we miss about Justin Fields? Or what did we ignore? Probably more than anything. Uh, not so much you missed anything. You probably just ignored the kind of football player the kid was and uh, didn't give him a chance to be that guy in the NFL. And he's making everyone look foolish. So... Yeah, he's ours, so tough titty. You ain't getting him. Nobody is. He's ours. Um, let's see what else we got. Um, Nagy. <sighs> got to love the guy, man. I just um, – <laughs> um, this is a, a, our head coach uh, at a press conference. I don't have a clip, so I'm not going to play anything for you. But, but our head coach uh, sat in front of the media – uh it was it was today or yesterday one of the two that um he said that he is uh he's in support of the taunting rules that the NFL is in enforcing uh the very same taunting rule that essentially cost the bears uh a victory against the steelers uh on Monday night uh, his rationale being that um he is uh he prefers quote unquote respect uh there are little kids watching uh we should be setting an example uh i mean it just what pisses me off about it more than anything is never mind the fact that this is a head coach whose team literally leads the league in taunting penalties the bears have them have more than anybody else uh in the league so take that for what you will he sounds like somebody who's never played the game before you know you, you you can say stuff like that when you don't really get the emotion that goes into playing football. Just go, It goes back to that quote that Ryan Clark had um, on ESPN a day or two after the Monday night game. I think it was actually on Tuesday, so it was still fresh. It's like, how is this referee who's not who hasn't been where I've been, who hasn't done what I've done, accomplished what I've accomplished, tell me that my reaction to a play was, you know, I can't do that. I can't have emotion. I can't show uh, anything. Even though, for the most part, um, Cassius Marsh's reaction to getting the sack after his little spin kick was pretty emotionless. He didn't say a word. He didn't make any gestures. He just stood there kind of standing and apparently posturing the word that was being used is uh, enough to get a flag and Nagy is in support of it. So I didn't hear if he condemned what uh what Cassius Marsh did, but he did come out in support of the um of the rule. And like I said, he he spoke in a way that would make him sound like someone who's never played the game, so like someone who wouldn't understand what making a big play in a big moment like that would feel like. You know? And I know that most of his career was in the Arena League, but still you played football, you played in college, you know this. He is a former player, and that's what I think was the thing that bothered me the most uh, about it. And as someone whose entire life is about football and has been in above surrounding the game, for him to talk like he's foreign to the idea of what a moment like that can do to a player, you know how you can be just so wound up for it, and especially a guy like Cassius Marsh. He's playing against his old team. He just got signed to the practice squad a couple of days before. Somebody that, you know, the the odds aren't good that he'll see the field, and there he, boom, we call him into duty uh, because Khalil Mack is, uh, you know, because Khalil Mack is out uh, with the foot injury. We'll talk about that here in a minute. Uh, He's called into duty on Monday night against his former team. In a big moment, he makes the biggest play he can make by sacking Big Ben. You know, he does that crazy spin kick that uh, cracked me up when Olin Cruz said he would have tore his his groin right off the bone trying to do something like that. Um, And then just kind of stares at the sideline with his back to the referee so the referee can't see or hear him, you know, making any kind of noise or trash talk or, or anything. Even with the punter basically coming right at him, he doesn't do anything to the punter, doesn't point a finger in his face, Nothing. He just kind of stands there for a few seconds, turns around and starts running back to his sidelines where everybody saw the hip check that Carrente threw to him. Then the flag gets thrown. It wasn't thrown while Cassius Marsh was standing there, quote-unquote, posturing uh, at the sideline. And Matt Nagy's in support of this. So kiss my ass, Nagy. Jesus Christ, man. You know, read the room, dude. Come on. You're, you're just <laughs> Not to mention, like I said, the irony that this is a head coach of the football team that leads the league in taunting penalties. So take that for what you will. You know, that certainly does not reflect well on the head coach that, you know, somebody in support of the taunting rule, which means your team has to be disciplined in those moments. We lead the league in undisciplined moments, essentially. And uh, here's Matt Nagy in support of the rule that, uh, you know, that works against that. Okay. Anyway... Finally, let's go ahead and wrap this thing up. Uh, these two things are kind of intertwined. Uh, latest news coming out of Hallis Hall. The Bears have signed uh, Bruce Irvin, a former first-round pick, I believe out of West Virginia, first drafted by the Seahawks. He's kind of bounced around the league a bit. And he was with uh, went to Atlanta. I know he played in Oakland when the Raiders were still there. Uh, I think I saw a picture of him in a in a Panther uniform. Uh, or, you know, today. So I think that's uh, 2019 is when he was with Carolina. Uh, had eight and a half sacks that year. Only played in two games last year for the Seahawks. So he went back to uh, Seattle. And um, I don't know if he was injured or anything like that. But here it is, week number 11. We're signing him, which probably means as we go into the injury report, we can count on Khalil Mack not playing this week for the Bears, which also means you could probably count him out for Thanksgiving. Uh, as well, so we're looking at Week 13 against the Cardinals, probably being the soonest we'll see Khalil Mack back out on the field uh, again. But um, you know, and the injury report, uh, as we look at it, kind of backs that up. Uh, Wednesday or Thursday, he has not practiced yet with that foot injury, and sadly, neither is Akeem Hicks with the ankle injury or Allen Robinson, the hamstring injury both suffered in the Monday night loss to Pittsburgh. Uh, Danny Trevathan hasn't practiced yet this week with the knee injury. Elijah Wilkinson, the back injury, has been out of practice. Let's see. Uh, In encouraging news, Eddie Jackson was out of practice Wednesday, limited today, so he's at least practicing Uh, again. J.P. Holtz is coming off his concussion protocol, has been full participation off of that. I don't know why a kicker would be on the injured list for an elbow when I don't know if you need your elbow to kick a ball, but he's on the list for an elbow injury. (laughs) He's been full participation, though, because kickers don't need elbows, just saying. And um, Damian Williams was limited yesterday, full participation uh, today. So, oh, and Alex Ogletree, limited with an ankle on Wednesday, full go on Thursday. So there's your injury report. Um, Was hoping to hear more progress out of Akeem and, and Alan Robinson. But, uh, you know, the true, the true test will be, uh, tomorrow on Friday. If, uh, you know what the, what the status is for, for Mac, for Quinn, well, not Quinn, for Mac Hicks, Eddie Jackson, Robinson. I think that will be, you know, the bigger determining factor in how Sunday goes more than anything else is who we get back, uh, in this game, uh, against the Ravens. So, Anyway, that's news and notes. Let's take a quick break, give ear to our sponsors, and then we'll wrap things up with keys to the game. This episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by the Spotify Green Room. Uh, for Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Central, 8 o'clock Eastern. Come through and talk to me live on Club 34-7. All you need to do is download the Spotify Green Room app in the iOS App Store, create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the group. Follow me at Larry D E E to be notified when my room goes live. And again, every Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Central, 8 o'clock Eastern, you can join me on the Spotify Green Room for Club 34-7. Come in. Let's have a conversation. Let's talk bears. Let's talk whatever you want. But in order to do that, you got to download the Spotify Green Room anywhere you get your apps. <coughs> this episode is also brought to you by Symbol. Symbol is the sports stock market that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. There are two ways to make money on Symbol. First, every time a team you own wins, you earn a cash win payout. Second, just like the stock market, if you think a team is going to increase in value, you can buy low and sell high for a profit. Use promo code SD as in sports drink to make your first deposit risk free. That means even if you lose money or just decide the market isn't for you, Symbol will refund your initial deposit, no questions asked. <laughs> keys to the game, week number 11, Bears and Ravens. And I could only think of two. Uh, and, and it basically the kind of offshoots of our keys to the game against the Steelers, like the consistency on offense, consistency on defense, stop beating ourselves. Stop beating ourselves is still one of the keys. Uh, Only I put it, uh, or how I wrote it in my notes was, yes, the refs killed us at versus Pittsburgh, but we killed ourselves just as much. Let's not do that this week. (laughs) So talking about the offsides penalties that we kept having over and over again uh, and and, and things like that. I mean, the, the NFL has come out and publicly said that they made several bad calls, none of which was the taunting call. They're still standing behind that one. Um, but, uh, you know, they basically kind of put it out there that they cost the bears the game uh, against the Steelers with the bad calls that were made, uh, on Monday night. But, um, you know, like I said, the, the bears were equally guilty in, you know, doing harm to themselves, linemen being downfield, the offsides penalties and things like that. You know, we had 12 penalties. It wasn't all just on ref on the referees being incompetent and making bad calls. When you have that many, it's, uh. It's uh, it's an epidemic of of sorts, and uh, that's really what ultimately cost the Bears the game against the Steelers. Was you know as much us shooting ourselves in the foot as much as the referees shooting us in the foot uh, as well. So we just have to be a more disciplined team. And like I said, the irony of that is this is the team that leads the league in taunting penalties. So point of emphasis, we're always seem to be the one that pushes the wrong button with the referees and get ourselves flagged. So we're going to want to avoid that this week and, and just let the Ravens beat us. If that's, what's going to happen, we really do need to stop getting in our own way and beating ourselves. So the other key that I had, so this is probably going to be a short and sweet segment to wrap things up here is to be aggressive, play to win. You know, the, that, I mean, the, the Dolphins sold out against the Ravens. So I, I don't think that we'll be able to do the same uh, zero blitz over and over again, sell out sending seven, eight guys uh, to attack uh, uh, Lamar Jackson. Maybe it would. I don't think I'd run it 35 times like the Dolphins did. Um, they literally ran it 35 times. That's not an exaggeration at all. 35 times they ran that blitz. Uh, against the Ravens, and, it, it you know, they sold out. They wanted to win that football game, or at least Brian Flores, the head coach of the uh, Dolphins, was hell-bent on, on making that happen, and he did. You know, they scored 22 points of their own, limited the number one offense in the league to 10 points, came away with a victory nobody saw coming. And, um, you know, like Kevin Ostriker said yesterday, uh, it was an especially, you know, painful loss. Not so much on based on the uh, performance, which obviously was not great, but also because it was an AFC loss. So that's a that's a loss that could that cost you a tiebreaker. That could be the difference between you playing at home or playing on the road in the wild card round, the divisional round, and and, and what have you. So that's what made that loss especially painful. Was it hurt, hurts them twice? just a regular loss and it's a conference loss on top of it. So that one could come back to bite them. And also like strength of schedule, that was only the third victory of the season for the, um, for the dolphins. They're three and I want to say they're three and seven. Yeah, they are. They haven't had a bye week yet. They're three and seven. So, you know, not a good loss Uh, on top of it. Strength of schedule. That one's going to hurt. So, um, but they did what was necessary to win the football game. They shut down uh, the Ravens. They contained uh, Lamar Jackson. They forced some mistakes uh, out of them and were able to come away uh, with a victory. And the Bears have nothing to lose here. We're 3-6. and There's still a lot of football left to be played, but we're going to have to basically, you know, win out to make the playoffs this year. I mean, you heard the conversation we had with Lauren Cox, the midseason Review, we gotta go six and two just to be above five hundred. Because of the the 17 games, it's an odd number this year. We gotta go six and two to finish nine and eight. And even that might not be enough to make the playoffs this year. I don't give a damn how well Justin Fields is playing with the way that our defense is, you know, riddled with injuries and playing inconsistently uh throughout the year has been a true, you know, disappointment. Uh, of 2021 do you see the bears winning six games uh this year especially i mean the cardinals and the packers alone are good enough to be those two losses let alone the ravens uh you know never mind the fact that you know we we always split the series with the vikings that's four losses right there you know losing to the ravens losing to green bay losing to arizona and then splitting with the uh, Vikings. That's four losses. So that's seven and ten, right there. You know, that's and that's if we can beat the Giants. If we can beat the Seahawks in Seattle, on, on you know, on Christmas and 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 all that kind of stuff. So, it, like I said, it's it's there's it's a it's a schedule that's got winnable games in it, for sure. You know, it's definitely the softer of the two halves of this schedule. Uh, Green Bay and Arizona basically being the real trouble spots. Uh, in this um, in this schedule, because the Ravens, it's a winnable game with the way that the Ravens have been so uneven, so up and down with their performances. It's a game the Bears can win. It's just going to be up to the Bears to do what's necessary to pull that off. And we have found this year that uh, more times than not they will find a way to come up short, uh, whether it's doing something that the referees. Uh, you know, believe is a flag, or you know, coach will give Justin a uh, bad tip, and he'll throw an interception because he thinks he's got a free play, and so on and so on. So, it's um, it's gonna be up to us. But more than anything, I would like to see Sean DeSai be aggressive. Let's attack Lamar Jackson. I don't know about sending eight, seven, eight guys on zero blitzes and leaving us open in the middle of the field like that over and over. But let's definitely send at least five. Let's go get him. You know, let's do some corner blitzes. Send the, you know, send Roquan or or, uh, Trevathan or Ogletree uh, right up the gut to get right after him. And we got a really nice-looking sack out of it with uh, Roquan last Monday. So, you know, Roquan's really good at blitzing uh, and whatnot. But let's just be aggressive. Let's go out there and get it. Let's do the same thing on offense. Let's pick up where we left off. You know, unlike every other bi week performance under Nagy so far, let's be aggressive. Let's not wait till the the you know the latter half of this you know the last drive of the second quarter or uh, you know in the into the third quarter before we finally figure out, oh, this is what we want to do on offense. So let's do that kind of thing. I'm sick of listening to Matt Nagy press conferences, whether they be post game or during the week, where he's talking about we're still trying to you know, figure out how to get the offense going. Dude, you dug your own grave by going all in on Andy Dalton and not preparing for even the slightest contingency plan that uh, Justin Fields might actually have to see the field uh, this year. So it's your own fault that you spent the entire offseason building an offense around a guy you got a game and a half out of you thought you were going to get them all he was going to be your Alex Smith he was going to be the you know the guy that just uh you know controlled the the season let the rookie learn let him have his package of plays so you get him out there and then 2022 he's all in you you know you you thought you could rely on the defense and you thought you could rely on Andy Dalton to win you enough games to get you back in 2022 and that all went to hell week two against the Bengals Uh, when Andy Dalton went down and now you've got a reshuffle and you've got Allen Robinson saying going into week nine, how he doesn't have chemistry with his quarterback because they didn't get any reps together in training camp. So they're just learning how to play with each other. You dug your own grave, but uh, you know, let's not wait until the third quarter or God forbid the fourth quarter before we finally figure out what's working on the offensive side so we can make a mad dash to try to make it interesting and whatnot. You know, you heard me talk about the last two games between these two teams. Overtime is the norm uh, for them. But, uh, you know, we'll see how it all chimes out. Hopefully it will be an exciting, entertaining game. A lot of people are thinking it'll be that way just because it's Lamar Jackson versus Justin Fields. And I hope that it is too. So even in a losing effort, it should be fun to uh, watch. I just, I'm so tired of being frustrated when I'm watching the Bears, I would, re, you know, even if we lost, I would just want us to be competitive and we just lost to the better team. I could deal with that. But sitting there watching us look like incompetent fools for the first, you know, 40 minutes of a football game and then see it all come together at the end and it's not enough because we just ran out of time is, is extremely frustrating. So let's be aggressive. Let's sell out. Let's try to min, win the game from minute one go out and steal one from the Ravens, get ready for the Lions, and, uh, you know, be five and six going into that Cardinal game a couple of weeks from now. Wouldn't that be interesting? So anyway, guys, asking to do it. We're going to wrap up uh, this uh, deep dive preview for week number 11. And like I said, we got that abbreviated week with the Bears playing on Thanksgiving Day, which means we've got to squeeze you know what we would normally have about five days of time into about three days to get you ready uh, for bears, uh, lions on Thanksgiving Day. So check on back Sunday night for bear up and bear down because that's pretty much going to be a knee jerk reaction uh, type thing. Monday will be the would be the deep dive review uh, episode. So. Also, essentially, a deep, a knee-jerk reaction because I'm going to be doing that one Sunday night a little bit later on after the football game. Tuesday, we'll have our conversation with Jeremy Reisman. Wednesday, the deep dive preview to get you ready for Bears-Lions Thursday on Thanksgiving. And then Bear Up and Bear Down will be be out on Black Friday. Deep dive review will be out on Saturday. And then I will have my mini buy until the following Thursday when we have uh, most likely to be Jess Root, Uh, back on the show to preview the Cardinals game. So, yeah, we're squeezing a lot into a short period of time. Thanks so much uh, for listening. Uh, I really love that you guys uh, have stuck with me uh, all this time. This is season 15, doing the podcast. Some of you guys have been with me from day one, and I appreciate it uh, more than you'll ever know. So, uh, anyway, guys, let's uh, hopefully get a win on Sunday. If not, let's enjoy the game. Let's be competitive and uh, make things interesting See you back here on Sunday night for Bear Up and Bear Down. And until then, my name is Larry D. And this has been Bear Stock Underground.